Welcome back to Wavelengths, everybody. We got a special PGA Championship edition. I have Jacob Lucas. I have Preston Helfand with me. PGA Championship back. Well, not in its, this is its new normal time of year because it used to be in August, buried behind preseason football. But now it is in May before Memorial Day for all eyes to gaze upon. Big tournament. A lot of people finally coming coming around Rory Jordan Spieth of course Brooks Kepka Dustin Johnson still a little banged up so Jacob Lucas let's start with you what is your expectation for this major this weekend yeah so I expect that we're gonna see a lot of competition for that top spot I think some names you'll probably see close to the top is Rory McIlroy Jordan Spieth Daniel Berger. I think John Rahm's going to be in it a bit. I think this course um, can play to John Rahm's strengths. I think John Rahm's been, he hasn't been too bad recently. Um, I mean, as far as I know, I haven't been able to keep up as much as I'd like, but I mean, I know he's been doing pretty solid. I think he'll be up there. If I had to choose, I'd say I think Rory McIlroy is going to win it. He's done it before. He knows how to win on this course. He's gaining that momentum after a Wells Fargo victory. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you, to be honest. I think just looking at the history of the course when it was played in 2012 when Rory picked up the win, uh, he's, like you said, he's kind of been finding his groove lately when the Wells Fargo two weeks ago or so. I, I think he's he's the favorite for a reason. He's at plus 1,200. So it's a pretty good bet, in my opinion. Um, so yeah, I'd have to go with Rory as well. For those of you that aren't familiar with Kiawa Island in South Carolina, it is an enormous course. Like, this is the thing that Bryson DeChambeau thought about when he put on 40 pounds of, you know, I'm just going to bang this thing around for 72 holes, and then, you know, hopefully it goes in a couple times. It is the biggest PGA championship course ever by about, I think it's like 400 yards. It's just, it's massive. So all the guys that you see hit it, Far DeChambeau, obviously, Dustin Johnson, Kepka, they're up there. So this is going to be how far can I hit it? And then let's hope that the short game can just even be half of what my driving ability is. So whoever really, you know, can get a hold of them for 72 holes, that's going to be the one to win. I don't think finesse is going to win you this major. So I'm curious, Jacob, are you agreeing with me or do you think that even though it's a big course that someone's going to have to be very technical and that's how they'll win. I think it's going to have to be a mix. I think you're going to see a lot. It's going to have to be, you know, how can you drive the ball? Like you said it, it's the biggest course. It's you got to be able to drive the ball far, but I mean, you know, a lot of strokes are lost on, on that green and on the chips and everything, you know, hitting into the bunker. So I think that short game is really going to be important. I mean, you you say that for every single tournament I know, but, I really think you're going to have to hit a balance between that finesse and that strength. And that's part of the reason I think Rory is so heavily favored because I know he's been struggling recently. Obviously, um, Quail Hollow was a different um, was a different thing. He won that. He's kind of getting there. But when he's playing at his prime, he drives one of the furthest balls on the tour. So I think that's really going to play into his strength, this large course, if he's, if he's hot because he's going to be hitting it far and he's going to be hitting it into the fairway. Yeah, I, I agree with what Jacob said. You can't just be pure power when it comes to golf. We've seen that time and time again. Um, even at a in 2012, who was 
of the rounds was very windy. It messed up a lot of the golfers there. So if you're just banging it into the sky the whole time, you can't rely on that. Uh, it's courses right next to the ocean. It's going to be windy. It's not going to be, you can't just smash it all day. So you'll definitely need that bit of finesse, probably more on power for sure. But yeah, Jacob said it perfectly. Just need a good mix of both. So Preston, that we're talking about distance and stuff. You sent me something a little while ago that I found very interesting and I would like for you to share with everyone. Yeah, it's a little article about Tony Finau who just found out that rangefinders would be allowed at the PGA Championship, like handheld rangefinders that you put up to your ear and look at the hole with, which I find kind of funny that a veteran like Finau who's been on the tour for years doesn't know a simple thing like what can and can't be used. And yeah, you'd think his oh, caddy- Oh, I thought you were saying that's that. a new rule. I'm oh. gonna be honest, I didn't know the rule on rangefinders either. I thought you were saying that's a new rule. That's just been oh, there no. no? I think it's relatively new, but like, yeah, most people knew it and he just, yeah. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Yeah, or like he hasn't been using one recently because he didn't know, yeah. Which is like crazy because it's not like one of the three of us playing in the PJ Championship. Like Tony Finau consistently gets like top 10 in majors and he's like oh, doing yeah. that. Not that a range finder is an enormous advantage because obviously everybody can use it. But the fact that he's still being this good without it I mean maybe with it it'll help him a little bit but it, it's fascinating that he had no idea like how does how does this caddy just not like oh by the way Tony you can use this stuff now yeah right yeah he's been around for years like you'd think he'd know that yeah and like even if he didn't know that you would think someone would have told him by now <laughs> I guess like yeah. if you're playing with them and you don't see him use one you're not going to be like oh I'm going to tell him you know like why not I guess not so Tony Finau yeah. is, is an interesting, we're talking about him, of course, and it's interesting. He's a guy that is always so close, but can never really win the big one. And there's an interesting stat that he's like won the most tournaments without winning a major. And he like always averages up very high in these tournaments. So Jacob, is there anybody else like Finau that this could be their first major win? Ooh, oh my gosh, off the top of my head, I don't know who hasn't won a major and who needs to, but so oh wow, that's big tough. guys left. We got Finau, Ricky Fowler. Yeah, Fowler hasn't won. Never gonna win. DeShambo won last year. Won a major. Yeah, he yeah. he he won the one last year. Um, which also it's crazy. So I don't want to cut you off, but if you watch any golf, you see Bryson DeShambo in a DraftKings commercial. I really think that because of that in endorsement, he just gets like the, the best odds every single tournament. Cause like, I'm a big fan of DeShambo, what he's done for golf, that, that could be a whole other podcast about the complexities of it. But there's no way that in Las Vegas, they're like, Oh, for sure. He's going to win this one too. Like every single major, it's always DeShambo minus, you know, 250 or whatever. I just don't get how so consistently he's all the way up. Yeah, I was looking at the betting odds a little beforehand, um, and he is the sixth favorite at plus 1,700. So Rory's the favorite at plus 1,200, and he's right behind him at plus 1,700, um, which I think is interesting. Obviously, like you said, the course 
slightly favors power, but I don't know. It seems a little high for a guy who's kind of inconsistent. Yeah, and like what's so crazy about it is a couple weeks ago, the same tournament that Rory won, DeChambeau thought he was out, so he flew back home, then had to fly back to the course. So it, it's just, I I mean, I, I don't want to, you know, be the boy who cried wolf, but I it's definitely interesting because he's only won one, but he's favored in every single one of them. So it's yeah. definitely like an interesting you know, what might be, I think. Yeah. I mean, I like Ricky Fowler, like kind of going back to as an one. I like Ricky Fowler. I don't think this is going to be his tournament, but I do like him. I think that he's in a position to win one, maybe not this year, but I think you're going to see him win one soon. This is someone who's won um, multiple majors, but Jordan Spieth, I don't know if you guys know this, this weekend, he has an opportunity to complete the career grand slam. Do you guys think he has a chance? Like, how do you think his odds fare? completing the career grand slam this weekend one of my really good friends and i are enormous jordan spieth fans what jordan spieth did at such a young age is incredible similar to tiger but no one can ever compare can really compare to tiger but after his collapse at the at the masters was that 2016 on 15 and like you know quadruple bogeyed it and lost what would have been his second straight masters and then kind of this rebuild and redesign of his whole career and it's finally like you said he's gotten on to more top 10 finishes he's fared a lot better he was in contention late into sunday at the masters last month so i think i, I mean with everything jordan spieth does it's very much if everything goes right as especially because of COVID, we see him more now than ever able to talk to his ball and how he really, he controls so much through his mind, he feels like. So he definitely, if he's in the right frame of mind, I think wind is going to be in his favor because the golf gods want to make up for some lost time and him not winning any. Yeah, I mean, I agree. So when I was, I mean, I'm personally, my, my, like, my personal favorite is Rory, but when I was like, who's going to be in the top, like at top of the field, I, I'm pretty sure I said Jordan Spieth. And if I didn't, then I'm going to correct myself right now. I think, I think Spieth is going to compete. I, I really think that this could be, this could be the year that he gets that career grand slam. It, it, it's, so, it's crazy how he's like, what, 28, 27 ish. Um, something like that. But he just got three of them like it was no big deal. And he almost won two Masters. It's crazy that – I'm not saying that it, it took this long, but it's crazy at the trajectory he was going that now he's just needed the one for so long. And I think he's going to thrive in this sleeper-type role where nobody expects much from him. And then come Saturday, it's, oh, Jordan Spieth has a five-stroke lead. So that could be a very interesting wrinkle. I wouldn't yeah. exactly call him a sleeper. Um, he's right now he's tied for second in um, terms of the betting odds, but certainly I think he has a great shot. Like you guys said, he's been playing a little better lately. Just that maybe he could have the luck on his side, the golf gods, but I think we all want to see him eventually complete the career grand slam. So why not right now? You know, seems like a perfect storm. Why? Yeah. Why won't it happen? You know? 
two pairings early Thursday morning are some of the best in recent memory, especially in a major. So at 8.33 a.m., we have Rory McIlroy, Justin Thomas, Brooks Kepka, And then at 8.44, Colin Morikawa, Bryson DeChambeau, and Hideki Matsuyama. It is like whoever decided these was like, yeah, let's get everybody that you would want to watch, but let's have them play at eight in the morning. So you have to see like their last four holes at one o'clock in the afternoon. I know. It's like, it's so good, but so terrible at the same time. It's like, we are going to create amazing pairs. You're barely going to see them play. Yeah, and I'll then, be through their first six holes or so. That's like 5.30 my time, so, yeah. And then another notable pairing, Tommy Fleetwood, John Rahm, Patrick Reed. Now, they have a little bit later, they're at 1 o'clock, so when the coverage starts, they'll be just teeing off, so we'll get to see most of them. Patrick Reed is an interesting one. He has the right mix of power, and I feel like just precision with his short game that no one's really going to talk about him as one of the favorites, but he might sneak up on some people. I don't know if he's going to mess around and win the whole thing, but he's got the right game, I think, for this course and could make some noise. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. I I would agree. I don't think he's going to contend, but I wouldn't be surprised if I saw him, you know, picking up some strokes and you know, at least making some of the people towards the top of the board sweat. So a guy who has dominated the major scene for quite some time, Brooks Kepka, came back at the Masters a little bit early than people suspected. So Preston, he is coming off of a major knee injury, and everybody said he rushed it to play at Augusta, but he didn't care. Now it's been a, another month. Do you think with the injury, he can really make some noise? Or is it still a little too soon and that might hold him back? Um, I think it might be a little too soon. But the fact that he has some tournaments under his belt certainly gives him an advantage. Um, I, don't, I would never recommend rushing back from a knee injury, uh, especially the one he had. But if he felt right, um, I really can't fault him for the decision. Uh, I would definitely favor him more so given the fact that he has those few tournaments under his belt recently. But again, I really don't back him to win it. Maybe an outside shot at a top five finish. Um, just the fact that he can hit the ball really damn far helps. Um, but again, yeah, probably looking at best fourth to sixth place finish in my opinion. Wow. I mean, nothing against Brooks Kepka. I think that's even a little high. I mean, this might sound like I'm just kind of going off what I what like the experts are feeding you on all their panels and stuff. I, I think he came back too soon. I think that he's not going to fare. I, 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 he'll fare better than he did at Augusta for a couple of reasons. He's had more time, and Augusta's a much harder course than Kiowa is. So he'll fare better. But I still think that he's a little too too soon removed from recovery and he needed to take a little more time to work on himself, rehabilitate himself and get back to playing at that top level. I don't, I like he's playing at obviously a PGA tour level. He's not, you know, bombing every tournament plus twenties, but he's not playing at the top level that Brooks Kepka that like the Brooks Kepka we know plays at. So 
I don't know. I feel like he's going to be an outside top 10 finish. Yeah. I mean, he's the 2018 U.S. Open champ, right? Or... And then I think he won it in 2019 as well. Yeah. No. Yeah. No, that was the year Gary Woodland won. So Brooks did it 2017, 2018. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It, it, he did it back-to-back years. I just couldn't remember. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I get it. Like, I don't think now is his time, but that that's probably his ceiling. I, I could – I could see anywhere, honestly, from like 30th to 6th or 4th. Yeah, I, I think what you said was fair. Yeah. It's a little hard to pin down. He really could have wind up almost anywhere. And what's interesting about Kepka's injury is kind of the precursor to this one before this year's Masters was in last year's PGA Championship, which was before the Masters in November. Kepka, I think it was on the Friday he was in obvious pain, had to get uh, his trainer out there, stretch him out early in his round. So he's been having this problem since October of last year. So it's affected, this will now be his second PGA championship under some discomfort. It's affected two masters. So I just think as much as he wouldn't want to because it's a major and this is what golfers live for, I don't think that there's enough time in between, especially because that was October, November, a couple months off, April, and now it's May. So he's played four majors with really one good leg. So, I mean, of anybody to play through an injury as a golfer, I would take Brooks Kepka. I just think that he's built the uh, – maybe DeChambeau because, like, he could, he could probably, like, just run through a brick wall, but, like, naturally. So I think I'd take Brooks on – We'll call it one and a half legs for sure. To take uh, to clear up some confusion on our end, it was uh, eighteen nineteen for the PGA Championship. Seventeen eighteen was his back to back U.S. Open victories. I mean, that's pretty cool for him though. That like he's won so many of them and gone back to back twice that we just like forgot him. No, he's only won four. He's only gone back to back twice. He's not won outside of the back to backs. Yeah, I, I still back to back on the U.S. Open and PGA Championship is nuts. Yeah, not to go off on too much of a tangent, yeah. but we were talking about career Grand Slams earlier. He's a guy, I just don't see him doing it, you know? He has two left, got the Masters and the Open. Like, just the, the finesse the Masters takes, the short game, like, I don't think he has that. I really – I don't mean to, like, be negative or put an emphasis on the fact that he won't succeed, but I just – he's one of those guys. He's kind of close, but I don't see him doing it, you know? Yeah, I get I get what you're saying, and I mean this is a this is gonna be a bit of a ways out because they're still doing another Masters in November, right? This Masters champion only gets to be Masters champion for like. Well, it's already over because now Matsuyama is Dustin Johnson was the yeah. shortest lasting and didn't make the cut. I don't yeah, think they're, they're gonna, gonna, they're doing an. Are they not doing another one in November? No, like no, because this year I, this I, year I went so. normal. Oh, I so. think they're back on the schedule where it's yeah Masters uh, in April. Oh, May, right, they, they moved it. Oh, yeah, I do not like that. My bad, my bad. They moved yeah. I don't no, like They moved it all around, yeah. I don't, honestly, like, I know it's kind of fun. I don't really like that we have four majors in four months. I like, I, I'd rather it be, like, a little more spaced out. But anyway. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. Right yeah. yeah, I, my bad. Got a little, <laughs> a little confused there on my end. No, yeah, it's So everybody likes negativity for some reason, just a weird human thing. <laughs> Jacob, who is a big name that will not be playing on Saturday? 
oh wow you're really you're really you're really making me choose here um hmm i don't know how bold i want to be if you want if you want time to think i got two for some reason oh yeah yeah you you go actually you go all right, first, it's a pretty obvious one, and I hate to be that guy, but Tiger Woods, uh, we all know he's not going to be there Thursday or Friday, um, so sorry for a little dark humor there, but no, he will not be there Saturday, and my next one is Phil Mickelson, he's just too old, honestly, like, I don't see him winning at all, much less getting, or yeah, just, or even getting to Saturday, just doesn't have the power anymore like yeah he's 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 past it everybody knows so yeah that that's he's my pick yeah i i i i'm trying to think of how bold i should be because i could really be bold (laughs) and you can give us both i my bold prediction is that brooks kepka's leg injury keeps him from getting this saturday that's my bold prediction my more realistic prediction definitely not as big of a name um is mark leishman i think mark leishman might miss the cut i don't know kind of a gut instinct it wouldn't surprise me if he made it i mean the big names like they're big names for a reason they consistently make cuts so i wouldn't be surprised if both of them made it but yeah i i gotta say my bold prediction who's very unlikely is going to have to be kepka and then um not as bold but still probably not going to be right is Mark Leishman. So my prediction for who won't make the cut is for a simple reason, but will be hard to hear. I am a big subscriber to the notion that history repeats itself. And there is reason why there is certain stigmas around certain things. One of those certain stigmas is that when we expect Rory McIlroy to do well, he doesn't. And he's done it his entire career, essentially. I just, it's something, something about, we expect, it, you know, we finally, he's finally at the pinnacle, we think, but then he's gonna, you know, he's gonna shoot a 78 on Friday and then miss it ever so slightly. But I do not think we will be talking about Rory McElroy raising the PGA Championship trophy. I it just- It a fateful day at Augusta. <laughs> Don't make me sad like this. Come on. It's just, but we always expect, you know, every single year, it's always just, is this Rory's year? But then it it never is. Yeah. I feel like the thing is, I mean, I understand where you're coming from. I feel like that is accelerated or like elevated come master season because that is the one tournament he needs to complete his career grand slam. So I feel like the talk of, is it Rory's years? I feel like it's always heightened around the masters. So when he doesn't perform at the Masters, it's like, oh, nope, not his year. But, you know, he, it should have been or something like he should have gotten it this year, but he didn't. I feel like that talk's always a little heightened around Masters season since he needs that one. But I understand what you're saying. There's definitely been times like multiple occurrences where he's fallen well short of expectations. Um, I mean, I don't know. I talked earlier about his past success at Kiowa, how I think it plays to his strength. So I, I'm going to disagree, but. I don't know. It's, it's going to be interesting. I think we're definitely going to see like a big, big name just not make it. It happens every tournament and then every tournament, you know, us, the viewers are always, oh, wow, that's very surprising. It, it's yeah. bound to happen. It's going to be at least one. 
probably more because there's going to be somebody who we've never heard of similar to Will Zotoris in the Masters, almost winning the whole thing. So it's just bound to happen. It's something about major golf that you expect the unexpected. So that actually was kind of where I wanted to go next. Matthew Wolf, for those of you who don't remember, uh, about 13 months ago when we were deprived of sports, he was Ricky Fowler's partner against Dustin Johnson and Rory McIlroy. And he was kind of a nobody then. It has since gained some relevance. And I think he is somebody who we're not expecting at all, but I think could really make a serious push because if you see the way he plays, he does enough with the driver where it's not a liability, but he's also not hitting it, you know, onto the green on a par four but he has enough of a short game that is one of those that we don't talk about ever, but really should because he's just putting it all together and he's still super young. So if, if it's not this year, it'll be very soon. So is there any other real sleepers that we should just, I guess we'll be the first to predict here. I mean, what do you, what, I mean, what are we going to qualify as, um, are we going to qualify as a real sleeper, I guess? So, all right, I'm looking at the PGA Tour standings, and there are some names of relatively, you know, guys that we know, but we don't usually talk around major season. Okay. Um, yeah, so I don't know, because the thing is, the guy I was considering is high on the world rankings. So you have someone like Cameron Champ, he's 95th. Harold Varner the third. I was, I was looking at him right now. Yeah. Not I'm not the most knowledgeable of him, but he's a kind of younger guy. Hasn't been around too long. Um, hits the ball well. I think he has an outside shot, maybe a dark horse, but again, I'm not too knowledgeable, so I can't be like too high on him, you know? But yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm not too knowledgeable on these like outside guys. I mean, my guy's definitely not like a sleeper, so to speak, because he's high on the rankings. But um, despite all the talk he gets, despite his high rankings, someone who's never won a major, who I think we might see just randomly do it this weekend, despite him always coming so close to falling short, I think Xander Schauffele could just come out and just run away. I really think that if he gets hot, he might just be able to like run away with like a five-stroke lead, but go like come the cut. Um. You know, that wasn't really the question, though. Yeah, he's tied for seventh in the odds. So not too much of a safe. Yeah, and he's fourth on the world rankings. It's not like he's... I mean, he's not being talked about among the contenders, to be fair. I mean, someone who's a little more outside um, who could do well, uh, 36th in the world rankings. I don't know what his position in the odds is. uh, Sam Burns. I feel like Sam Burns. We could see, you know, I'm not sure if he's going to contend for the title, but I think we could see him have a good bit of success and just be one of those names you're not expecting to climb the leaderboards that suddenly on Saturday you're like, wow, he's three strokes off the lead. Another name that just about everybody in the golf world knows, Max Homa is just, I feel like he's your favorite golfer's favorite golfer just because the way he does it and carries himself in such a great way. He's just somebody that I think if he were to win a major, everybody in the sport would just love it because he's just, he's just a great guy. And it's one of those 
of potential victors that would only have a, a positive effect on the sport. So I actually want to give out a super hypothetical. Is this tournament going to be won because somebody dominates it? Or is this tournament going to be won because whoever's leading can't close it out, if you get what I mean? So like someone falters towards the end and like drops a few strokes. So not that yeah, anybody's well, like well, minus like 15. It's that there's a bunch of people like minus seven, minus eight. And then that minus seven leader becomes, you know, minus three, minus two. I think it's going to be closed on the stretch, but on the final day, somebody's just going to have a banging round and pull away. Um, that's probably how I see it playing out. Like maybe the first few days will be a little inconsistent. People are adjusting to the course and the wind and all that. And I think last day, it's just going to be, there's going to be that one guy who just comes out on fire and just steals the show. I mean, I'm going to go, I'm going to go opposite. Honestly, I think that you're going to see it close just down the stretch. I think that, I think there's a, quite a few names that are being talked about as, Hey, this course plays at their strength. Or, hey, they're on a hot streak. Expect them to continue. Hey, you know, conditions look like they're going to be favorable, like towards this golfer. I really think that we're going to see a cluster of like four or five players all grouped around like a two shot lead. And then in the end, you know, someone may pull away with like, two birdies back to back that does it for them or some or there be a couple of people who falter with like a bogey or two but i think that basically in the final three holes on sunday we're going to see somebody just who's going to edge it out it could be any of these four guys you both picked rory mcelroy at the top of the show so jacob give me two other names of potential winners jordan speed okay jordan speed for sure you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with my, like, not that bold prediction. Jordan Spieth and Xander Schauffele. Preston, two other names, not Rory. Um, probably going to be Justin Thomas is one. And then... Uh, that's it. I got to take a look one sec. But... Ah. Uh, you know... I'm going to go with Cameron Champ. Why not? Very long shot, but I think you can do it. Why not pick the long shot? Yeah. I really like the Justin Thomas pick because somehow we only talked about him here because of his tea time, which is interesting because he's been the, the fate, the model of consistency for the past couple of years. And I think that it's another course that he's perfectly suited for. It's almost built for him in a weird way. So I really like that pick. Another guy I like who had, we only talked about because of his falters last month, Dustin Johnson, he presents a good opportunity to get back in the good graces of Masters victories. But I'm going to go, I, okay. So I know I complained about Bryson before, but I, I don't know. I, it's something about him that until he wins, it's going to be ridiculed. But I just think that this might be the time because I don't know if he's, if he were to win, I don't know if he would win it 15 under, he might get it a real gritty 
minus six. But I think that this is a course for him that he's going to treat like a DeChambeau playground. Uh, just jumping back to JT really quick, what I think is kind of interesting, and I mean, I'm not trying to give the guy a lot of flack. I mean, I love Justin Thomas personally. He's my second favorite golf, golfer behind Rory McIlroy, but he hasn't gotten a top 10 finish on a PGA Tour event since the players in March where he won it, I believe. I don't think he's gotten a top 10 finish in a tour event since then. I think it's been a while for him. So I don't know. I feel like that cold streak might be hurting him a little bit. If Justin, Thomas, if Justin Thomas wears a vest Thursday or Friday, he wins. <laughs> That's all it takes, the vest? I, it's something about just – I mean, I'm not a super analytical guy, but I'm sure there's somebody out there that has the Justin Thomas with vest versus without, and I'm sure it's <laughs> heavier in the vest yes category. All right. I'll make, I'll make note of that. You know, I'll – if he's, if he's wearing a vest, I'll keep track of how he plays on the days he's not wearing a vest. We can come back with some numbers, figure this out. And similarly to uh, Justin Thomas's vest collection, Brooks Kepka is just kind of like a model for Nike, and this is another major. So this time on Thursday, Twitter will be all, you know, up in arms about what, what I think is a cool hat, but what everybody's like, oh, he's ruining golf and, you know, get off my lawn. So it, it's very interesting how the fashion choices of golfers and majors sways and uh, merchandise sales and then their game, In my opinion, there's two ways to go. That's DeChambeau or Ricky Fowler. They're very, they're two polar opposites, but I love them both. I think they're very unique and yeah, amazing. Bryson's hat fedora whatever you want to call it it's like, like a beret almost it like doesn't fit him but yet it does i feel like if he had like a, a like mustache with a swirl on it it would like work a little bit better but also like he's like a 250 pound man wearing like this little hat so it's just you know <laughs> it's just the dynamic yeah, of it that we all really like yeah that is all the time that we have for our PGA Championship preview episode. A big thank you to Preston and Jacob. We got a couple more episodes left this week. Uh, we will recap the tournament Sunday night after it's over. We're going to have some NBA playoffs later on in the week. Any last words you guys want to get out before I let you go? Just a quick thanks to everyone for staying tuned and listening. And I think that no matter how it plays out, we're going to be in for a great and a competitive tournament on Saturday or um, this weekend. I don't know if I said Saturday specifically. Yeah, well said. Uh, one thing I'd add, might be able to catch some in-person coverage of the U.S. Open next month. It's about 30 minutes north of where I live in uh, Torrey Pines. So I'm looking forward to that for sure. Unfortunately, I don't think Tiger will be back in time. Won it back in 2008. But, yeah, looking forward to this weekend. And it'll be interesting to see how Rory plays. That's all the time that we have at Wavelengths Pod on Instagram, at the SportsWave Official on Instagram, the SportsWave YouTube channel, the sportswave.com slash apply, because, you know, we just, 
it's unfortunate. Nobody ever talks about golf, and like I really games. like it. And I keep Even telling X like we need more golf guys. So if you're listening to this and you happen to be said golf guy, thesportswave.com slash apply. Great episode, and I I don't I don't know. There's nothing else to be said. I think uh, we got most of it. Thank you guys for joining, and we will catch you on the next one. Have a good one.